I'm jumping in with a quick message that I've added to all HR Coffee Time episodes to let you know that my group programme, Inspiring HR, is back. In case you haven't heard of it before, it's an intensive six-week programme for mid and senior level HR and people professionals. So if you're an HR business partner, HR manager, head of HR or HR director, or the people equivalent, so a people business partner, people manager, head of people or people director, and you'd like to build your confidence, your credibility and your impact at work, Inspiring HR could be perfect for you. We get started on Wednesday the 5th of June 2024 when we'll be meeting up over Zoom for two hours every week. The group sessions are a blend of group coaching, training and facilitation. They're supportive, encouraging and practical and each week has a slightly different focus. So in week one, we look at setting yourself up for success. Week two is about boosting your confidence. Week three focuses on being strategic in your role. Week four is all about building key relationships. Week five takes a deep dive into influencing at a senior level. And the final week looks at planning for the future. There's a link with the full details in the show notes for you. Or you can learn more by going to my website, Bright Sky Career Coaching, clicking on services and then clicking on Inspiring HR Group Programme. I would love to have you join us and to get to know you throughout the programme. But if you have any questions about Inspiring HR at all, please feel free to ask by getting in touch through the website and I would be very happy to answer them for you. If you've ever dreaded the interview question, what would you do in your first 100 days if we gave you this role? or you've ever felt panicked about how to succeed in a new HR leadership role that you're stepping into, this episode of HR Coffee Time is here to help. It's the final episode in a series of episodes about succeeding in your new HR leadership role. If you'd like to listen to the other ones after this one, they are episode 29, making a success of your promotion to a leadership role, episode 26, how to be strategic in your new HR leadership role and that is actually one of the most popular episodes I've ever created. And finally episode 23, setting yourself up for success in your new HR leadership role. If we haven't met before, hello, I'm your host Faye Wallace. I'm a career coach and outplacement specialist with a background in HR and I'm also the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching. Today, I have a really special guest joining me on the show. Her name is Neve O'Keefe, and she is the author of my absolute favourite book about creating a first 100 days plan. It's called Your First 100 Days, Make Maximum Impact in Your New Role, and I really hope that you're going to enjoy hearing what Neve has to say. Welcome to the show, Neve. It is wonderful to have you here. Oh, thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. And can I start off our interview by just asking you to introduce yourself and give the audience a little bit of background on who you are and the wonderful work that you do? Okay, thank you. Well, I work as a leadership advisor and author. So by that, I mean, I suppose I've defined my 
purpose as improving the quality of leadership in the world, which sounds a bit grandiose, but it's kind of what gets me through the day in terms of uh, if I ever have a challenging client or challenging projects. And how I do that is I do that through my executive coaching work, through my book writing, through trying to get leadership skills on the educational curriculum. So anything and everything in relation to improving quality of leadership is kind of my scope and what I really enjoy doing. Fantastic. Thank you for giving us that little bit of an introduction. And when I've been thinking about this episode, I've been thinking of it from two perspectives. So I know that for a lot of people, they'll go into a slight panic if they're in an interview situation or prepping for an interview and they dread being asked the question, if we gave you the role, what would your 100 days plan be? So before we actually move on to, okay, this is how you can create your plan for when you're in the role, could you give some words of advice around that situation? Because of course, they're not in the role, they haven't met all of the team, they don't have that full understanding. What are your tips on navigating that question? Yeah, well, actually, people are using my book for that. People found it useful as a framework for that. But what I would say is, it isn't actually that difficult, as it that different from like the, that question is being asked when you let's just say you pass that and you get into the role is they're still relying on you to actually set out like the role in terms of what you would do with it so it may feel like a fake scenario but in actual fact they're wondering what you would do with the role and then you would probably go ahead and implement that but anyway what I would say to the person is like what you're being asked for really is what is your vision for the role so in other words within two to three years what would you want to have achieved with this role so you start off by describing your vision in terms of what you would do with that role and I mean I guess you could gather what info information you have or you just take the role on its merit but I mean you could look towards what's the CEO of that organization what's their vision for the company you could sort of try to align with that or you could look at the industry or you know you can gather what information is available to you or speak to someone in the company but anyway so tr try and set out what you would achieve within two to three years and then you know some key themes for the first 12 months and then you know how you would start to set that up so you could use the framework in the book just to frame how you would do it without actually getting into specifics or the more information you have I guess the more specific you could be about that but you know what the other the thing is I will just say to you that it's an open goal like really you know as in they're giving you carte blanche to just be as passionate I suppose as you want in terms of how you would tackle the role you know so I feel like if you're very interested in that role and in that company you know you're you're sort of halfway there in terms of what you would do with your plan you know if I make, make that sound overly simplistic but no I think that we can build these things up to feel more complicated than they actually have to be yeah and so having heard your insights on that, thank you so much, Neve. It would be great if we can dive into the bit that I know everyone's waiting for, which is how you actually go about writing your 100 days plan. Because what I think helps your book stand out from all the other books and all the other resources and articles that I've read about this is just how practical it is. You really do take the reader by the hand, step by step and say, first do this, <laughs> then this is the next thing to think about. So it's a really straightforward and logical approach. Would you be happy to share it with us now? 
you always start with the end in mind and that forces you to be strategic. And that's why, you know, start with how I would want this to play out within a few years. So that's like my vision. Then what I would want to achieve by the end of 12 months. And then within that context, what I would do in my first 100 days. And I, then I would want my reader to be very ambitious around that and to bring their ideas to the table early on around that. So there's quite a bit, I suppose, within the model, which is around empowering the leader or the reader to really bring their ideas forward. Because similar to what I was saying earlier, um, and there's an openness to wanting to see what you have to offer. But that appetite is huge in the beginning and it tends to wane later on. So it's not the case of go in and slowly prove yourself and then launch some big vision at the end of a year. It's the opposite. It's, well, read the room, but like have some ideas in relation to like and showcase them early on and then set about getting them underway, you know, within within the year. But anyway, the logic that you're talking about is because the framework I have is I put the person in the center, we'll say concentric circles. So the person is in the center of the plan. So I just call that person. And then around another concentric circle around that is around role. So that's the role you've been asked to do. Then around that, is, uh, another circle is the organization within which, or the organization that's hired you. And then big square to square that all off, which is on the market. So you're in this particular marketplace now. So what I was thinking is this is your ecosystem. Like this is the ecosystem within which this moment has arisen. So it's you in this role, in this organization, in this marketplace. And then I've just divided that up into roles. So as a person, you're making a transition from where you were in your previous role to this role. And I call that transition maker. I'll come back to that in a minute. And then I say, you're also a unique contributor. And what by that, I mean, it's you and not someone else. So what's unique about you? And then on role, I have a content learner, business achiever, team builder, and communications provider. And on organization, I have relationship builder, value adder, culture navigator, and on market, market player. So it ends up being 10 roles within what you've been asked to do and for each role i say develop an outcome for each of these in terms of what you would want to have achieved on each of these kind of sub roles by the end of 100 days and then divide that into okay well what would be my first steps and what would i need to achieve by 30 60 90. i hope that doesn't sound too overwhelming for people listening to this but the book makes it a bit more clear but i suppose to step back what i'm saying is if you're coming into a hr director role and you've been asked to deliver the HR plan for the year. And you think, well, that's my job. But that, to me, is only one of 10 things that you're supposed to do. Like that, for me, would come in under business achiever on the role. So by business achiever, I mean, like, what targets have you been set? And you're expected to achieve those targets. So for me, that's just one thing in terms of that, the whole role that you have to tackle. The other things being, you have to make a successful transition. You have to make a unique contribution. You have to learn more content around the business. You have to be a team player. You have to, and so all these other things flesh out for me, all of the 10 components of, of your role. And by, and as, so by framing it in that way, there's no stone left uncovered. You start off way more strategic than your counterpart or how you would have started off and then you can also present this plan to your stakeholders and they'll just think you're brilliant so it's kind of it's very helpful for making an impact before you ever even do anything you know the fact everyone loves somebody with a plan so the fact that you have set out your role in this particular way 
will just be impressive without even actually delivering anything. But then, of course, you go on and then you actually deliver it. So I hope that's kind of given people an appetite to read more about it. But yes, so and then, of course, always just step back and just use good judgment in terms of, you know, if that just feels too detailed for some people, then just stick with some kind of high level version of that. And there's lots of top tips in there as well in terms of not just like a detailed thing like I've described there, but how to keep a perspective in relation to just stepping up and leading in that role. Mm, And in the book, as well as obviously going into detail about those 10 different roles, you have a template that Mm -hmm. can be followed to help make it not feel overwhelming. So for anyone listening who's thinking, oh my gosh, this is so much to think about. Mm -hmm. Actually, it is very much step by step. So it's sort of like, okay, so just take a moment, think about the fact that you're a transition maker. Okay, note down then, what is it that you want to achieve whilst making this transition? You can probably articulate this better than me, Neve, as you came up with it. Yeah, I mean, I think, for example, what people don't do, and this is, I think, why, why it's helpful, is people don't think about this as a transition, you know, and so they don't think about that. They just think, well, I've just got this job and I'm just going to do this job. But like, OK, but if you're used to previously working with a team of 20 people and now you have a team of 200 people, that is a transition. Like you, the way you communicate is going to have to change. You know, the way you lead that your team is going to have to change. So. I force people to think about what that's going to mean for them, you know? So for example, in that particular instance, your 30, 60, 90 might be about, you know, in the first 30 days, understanding your direct reports and like profiling them and who who you've got on your team. But the next 30 days might be about like holding meetings with the wider groups. So it's about breaking down, say the, like what people what happens to people when they come to their first 100 days is they get so overwhelmed that they actually don't know what to do so if you like I just get them busy on and they do get busy but they get busy on the wrong things you know like they sort of get busy firefighting or they sort of get busy on doing things that they did in their previous company which aren't necessarily going to translate into this company or if it's an internal promotion they might just get busy with specific projects that they you know whatever on the handover or something like that so but what I do is I, I I lay it out in such a way that I'm actually saying you you know get busy on this instead you know which is the more strategic and as detailed as you want approach to what you should actually be doing in your role and what you should actually be thinking about and people don't actually find it overwhelming to do it they find it a huge relief because mm-hmm. it actually explains what they should be spending their time and attention on you know, and it gives them ideas and it takes them away from the firefighting aspect of how people typically enter a role and much more empowered feeling around, okay, this is how I can take charge in my role and I can actually lead and direct and drive my role. Because there's another thing here that I just want to say, which is that one of the reasons why the book has sold so well or my emphasis on first 100 days as a business is doing so well is because Hiring managers, sometimes, well, now they're not even in the same office, but they're not even in the same country. Or even if they are right next to you, they they have enough problems of their own and they don't want to be handholding you as you enter your first 100 days. 
So they really expect you to just be able to get on with it with very little direction. And although that is not fair, that's kind of how it is. So sitting and waiting, like sometimes people are like, well, I'm not meeting my boss until next month. And then they have this imagination that when they meet their boss, suddenly everything will become clear. And that is absolutely not the case. If you can go into that meeting with your new boss and actually share your 100-day plan or your outline and then get them to add or subtract to it or you know, contribute to it or disagree with it or whatever, that is a way richer conversation than going with a blank page and thinking that they're going to tell you your job spec because that just isn't how it works anymore. The passion is oozing out of you, Neve. <laughs> Talking about this, obviously, I can see you on the video screen, but the listeners can't. But Neve's getting super animated in this part. <laughs> so, for anyone listening who has now been reassured that this isn't overwhelming, it's a huge relief, it's a simple structure to follow to create yeah. your plan. I would love it if you could share some advice on how do you stick to it? Because I don't know about you, Neve, but I know for sure that I have created some beautiful plans in my time. They may be colour coded, they may be organised in a spreadsheet, they may be stuck on the wall, and then I've completely ignored them. Yeah. So because I'll get distracted by other things, and I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in that. So have you got some words of advice on now you've created your fabulous 100 day plan, how do you actually stick to it? Yeah, and I think that's where the 30, 60, 90 day milestones come into play because really they're useful in terms of, we'll say if you want to achieve something by the end of 100 days, well, how do you divide that into thirds in terms of what you might want to have done by the end of a month, by the end of two months, by the end of three months, but they're also very useful as milestone checkers so that when you have gone through this exercise and you feel like okay okay that's really useful I've got a handle on how I'm going to tackle this role and then you go in your first 30 days and your boss says well that's all very well but we have a project over here that's drowning and we need you to fix it and but it's up to you really to have the discipline at the end of 30 days to stop and pull out your plan if you haven't I mean so I mean I'm not kidding you some clients actually keep it in their literal back pocket. That's how much they love their plan. But um, for those that don't, um, just having that discipline just to check in after one month and after two months and just remind yourself of what you intended to do. In the early days, because I used to coach alongside, so I used to create the plan with the person and then meet them 30 days later. And they would always try and cancel the session because you know they hadn't done that it literally doesn't matter like because it doesn't matter because it's all a device anyway so in other words if you come to the 30-day session and you haven't done it it doesn't matter because we'll just check in as to how things have gone and where to go from here so you could just do that with yourself as well you know you're you're sort of setting up this plan for yourself and then you've got to figure out if it's working for yourself or not, you know, and then get yourself back on track or not. And then whatever you do, it's going to bounce back on you positively or negatively one way or the other. So it's really about training yourself, I guess, to set out something that you believe in and then question yourself 30 days later as to how you have let all those good plans go awry because I thought you believed in them. Like it's sort of your journey with yourself, if you know what I mean, mm. because no boss is going to hold you account as it happens probably until 12 months later. And then you might actually 
lose your job. It can be that harsh depending on what industry you're in. So you're just playing a game with yourself around this, I suppose, and challenging yourself around this. And I suppose the opposite of if you don't kind of perform well, you know, within 12 months, you might lose your job. But the opposite is equally true, which is where I see this working, is that my clients get promoted faster than anybody else. And that's how I then moved on to helping people. Like, that was kind of one of those surprises as well, which is surprise to me too, because it's very mathematical. Say, for example, if you don't read this, like, it's nothing to the book, but let's just say, for example, you don't read the book and you don't, like, make that much of an effort, then it's kind of obvious, isn't it, that you're not going to do that well in the role. But if you go to the trouble of really wanting to do a great job and then finding resources whether it's my book or something else, you know, or a coach or what, like, let's just say reading a book and let's just say getting a coach. Obviously, then you're going to do a great job. People are going to notice it and then you're going to get promoted faster. I just think it's a no brainer. If you have a great start, you're going to do really well for the rest of the year and then you're going to get promoted faster than your peers. Well, I'm sure that everyone listening is feeling all fired up about being really proactive about their first 100 days now. And one little thing that I took from what you were just saying is the fact that it's okay for plans to change. I have noticed that sometimes people can get worried if they're partway through the year, maybe they started a plan at the beginning and it's not working or it's just not quite what they thought it was going to be or they want to change it. And there can be this big resistance because they think, but I've put all of this effort into my plan at the beginning. And actually it's okay, isn't it? Because you're just testing it out as you go as well. Yes, it's it's like these words that we use and they're quite challenging really because they sort of mean different things to different people. You know, like say for example, what I just want to say as well is what I'm talking about here really is a leadership plan rather than like a first 100 days plan if you know what I mean so so in other words like people who are big planners they get very busy with the planning side of the plan but as long as you are actually being a good leader that's more interesting for me than like ticking boxes on the plan so I would always want people to keep this high level perspective around the trajectory or see it like a javelin throw and not to worry because you don't want a plan that's very linear. You don't want like A, B, C. You want to get from A to R to W to Z. You don't want the plan to be in charge of you. You know, you want to be in charge of your plan is probably the best way of putting it. Oh, yeah, I like that sentence. I think I shall be borrowing that, Neve, in the future. <laughs> You're in charge of the plan. The plan's not in charge of you. Exactly. And <laughs> as we're coming to the end of our time together today, I would love to hear what your non-fiction book recommendation is going to be, because this isn't your only book. You've uh-huh. written more. So would you like to recommend one of your other books? Uh, thanks very much for the opportunity to do that. Yeah, so I've published six books in total. So I've had some, we'll say, these sort of more niche topics like First 100 Days or Get Promoted, which was a Penguin Business Expert series book that I published in 2020. But the book I would like to recommend, actually, is a book called Future Shaper. And I published this also in 2020. And it's How Leaders Can Take Charge in an Uncertain World. It's available on Amazon or all good bookshops. And it's called Future Shaper. And 
this book is my manifesto on how to be a leader. And it's a combination of some of the kind of basic classic skills that you should have as a leader. So for example, if you don't have a vision, you're not a leader. If you're just taking instructions, you're a manager, you're not a leader, you know? So I kind of call out some of those. And I also make the point that I rarely meet a leader. So even though your job title might have leader in it, I don't believe you are one until you can explain what your really high level vision is and how you're going about it. But also I contemporize it in terms of the current uncertain world that we find ourselves in and the importance of skills like fearlessness. You know, people used to talk about courage. Now it's really fearlessness. You know, people used to talk about collaboration and now really it's about unification. And so a lot of these things have really moved on from given like post pandemic, but also just a lot of disruption and a lot of accelerated change and a lot more requirement to be more leadership ready going forward so that's my recommendation and I people have described it as a book for the student of leadership so it's my same style I suppose which is to really break down what I really mean by being a leader and how you can actually apply it so I hope that would also be a very useful read for your listeners well it sounds great Neve, because so many leadership resources are very very high level Mm -hmm. and don't actually tell you what you can do (laughs) to achieve these high level ideas and goals so it sounds fab I'm looking forward to reading that next then (laughs) thank you and finally for anyone listening to this who would love to learn more about you and the work that you do what is the best way of them getting in touch with you Thanks, Faye. I mean, the best thing is to connect with me on LinkedIn. So just under my name, just connect with me and I'd be very happy to be connected with your listeners. And if they want to send me messages or ask any questions, I'm, I'm quite responsive on LinkedIn. So I think that's probably the best place to point them towards. And I can vouch that that's true, because as any regular listener will know, a lot of the guests who've been on the podcast, I've known for quite a long time and have maybe worked with before. But Neve, I had never met before until today, actually. I just read the book and thought, gosh, this is amazing. I'm going to be really brave and contact her on LinkedIn and see if she replies to me. And I was quite nervous about sending you the message thinking who is this person randomly can I don't know them you know ignore ignore and that didn't happen at all I think you replied within about one second of getting my message so I can definitely vouch that is true if anyone wants to contact Neve directly she is very quick (laughs) yeah I I love LinkedIn I I don't know I just find it so useful and you know people are on there um, like they have very positive intentions around improving their work lives and knowledge and so I find it just very useful so very happy to you know um yeah so let's see if anybody contacts me and (laughs) let's see how I do (laughs) you can let me know oh fantastic well thank you so much Neve. it has been wonderful meeting you today uh thanks very much for the opportunity Faye and I wish you all the best with your career as well well I really enjoyed getting to meet Neve and learn more about her first 100 days ideas I hope that you enjoyed it too and of course there is a summary of our discussion along with links to Neve's LinkedIn profile and her books in the show notes. You can find the show notes on the podcasting app that you're listening to this episode on or by visiting my website brightskycareercoaching.co.uk, going to the free resources section 
and clicking on the HR Coffee Time podcast option. All of the episodes with all of their show notes are on there ready for you. And if you are enjoying the show, I would absolutely love it if you could leave a rating and review for it on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, as this makes a huge difference. It means that Apple and Spotify are more likely to suggest the show to people who haven't heard of it before. So thank you so much, and I will be back again with more tips to help you with your HR career next week.